Welcome to today's episode of Six Pack Cinema. We are reviewing Bad Times at El Royale, a movie that just came out starring Jeff Bridges, the girl from the sex movies, uh, some other actresses and actors that I'm slipping on their names right now. What a terrible introduction, but it's about a bunch of people who go to the El Royale Hotel and have a bad time. Let's dive into this one. Dude, you should review movies. Oh my god, yes. Okay, I've okay. had a couple, so. Movie review. Did a, I did a really bad intro, though. But we're gonna, oh, I couldn't think of anyone's name besides Jeff Bridges. I, ta- I said <laughs> it in my head I was going to name the actors and actresses. I was like, Jeff Bridges, the girl from the sex movies. <laughs> Dakota, is that her name like that? Dakota Johnson. Yeah. Um, all right. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining and listening to Six Pack Cinema. If you're a recur- repeat listener, we appreciate you stopping by. If you just watched Bad Times at El Royale and you're looking to hear some thoughts on it, we will give you those Today is myself, my name's Jimmy, my co-host Dave. We usually have a third, but he's not with us today. He could not see the movie, partly because this movie's two hours and 20 minutes long, which is in, just too long for movies, but we will get into it. How this podcast works for first-time listeners is we're going to give our gut reaction, then we're going to walk through some of the plot and the characters and memorable moments, then we're going to give our ratings. We go five stars. For popcorn, which is entertainment value, then we go out of 100 for critical, and then after that we'll do a pairing. What you would want, what you should drink with this movie if you're ever to watch it again. So there you go. Now you know what to be ready for, and here we go. I gotta wait for Dave to get back because he just dropped out of the YouTube, and here he is. He's back. All right. Gut- <laughs> I don't know why my computer keeps kicking me out, so we'll see how this goes. Gut feeling, Dave. Bad times at El Royale. Let me hear. I was very disappointed at how average it was, and I don't know why. I think that I like the general idea behind it. I like all the actors in it, and no one was bad, but it just never was great, and it felt like somebody just ripping off Tarantino at parts. I it did feel like very, very, very much a Tarantino movie. Um, I think it was great at a time and place. And then it went completely like I was, I was, I was ready to leave by the end of it. They just dragged out parts. They introduced new parts. Um, I'll tell you when I loved it, when, when the, the black singer hit him over the head with the bottle. Yeah. I audibly gasped. was like, Whoa, kind of scared me. And I was like, Oh shit. And then when Dakota Johnson shoots John Hamm, like maybe 10 minutes later, I sat up in my seat. I was like, holy, let's fucking go. This is going to be fun. What the fuck is this movie? What's happening? I basically like live tweeted on my notes and I, I wrote, um, I wrote, whoa, hippie shoots him dead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what is this movie? Hotel kid was behind the mirror. What the fuck's going on? And then from there, nothing happened that was fun or interesting the rest of the time. Yeah. I'll I'll say the first half was very, it was fun. Like it caught me by surprise of a bunch of times. And I was like, all right, like even though the, not the acting, but just the movie wasn't great. Still, I was having fun with it. 
and then I agree, it just screeched to a halt. I will say there was one scene that stands out in my head as being actually great, and that was when Jeff Bridges talks about his Alzheimer's, and it's just a close-up of his face as he's like delivering this monologue. That hit me. I thought it was, it was, it was kind of well done. I thought all the performances were good. I, I loved the scene with John Hamm behind the the hotels for the behind the the double sided mirrors or whatever they're called for the first oh, time. Figuring everything out with uh, yeah, it's all a long the recording scene devices. When he discovers it and he's walking back and forth and looking at Jeff Bridges dig through the 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 floorboards and then she's singing and then she's got a hostage and he's just kind of like looking like what the fuck. I thought that whole scene was done really well. I was very very impressed with the movie. Up until when did it really go shitty? Once they introduced, um, so I think it started to fade after Ham died. Once they introduced mm-hmm. the cult leader, and Chris then Hemsworth, it, what's his name? Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Once they introduced his oh. character, and he like came in the rain and said "Howdy," which was corny and like over the top bad. And then the entire hostage part, I was like, I don't, I don't care anymore. Like, just end this. How's it end? Yeah. I, I, I was kind of hoping he would just kill them all and, like, the cult leader would get away. That would at least be subverting expectations enough. I'd be like, all right, cool. I think what happened is this was, like, if this happened, it'd be a cool story to tell. You know what I mean? Like, yo, and then this person came, and then they, it was so random, and all this happened. You know, like, if it was a story that you told someone at a bar, it'd be interesting mm-hmm. as hell and fun. But with the movie... An audience wants more than just random occurrences that were wild. Like, I needed some depth. I thought the best depth we got was when the whole thing with him trying to pardon himself before dying, the hotel clerk, and when he finds out he's not really a priest and he's so sad, and then when he says he killed 123 people, we find out he was in the war. If they gave us stuff like that earlier... I thought that was the only like Which, I felt... that that was hinted at throughout the whole film though the entire time he's saying he wants to confess and that's what he was trying to confess. But I felt for him much more after we found out his background, a... and yeah. that was at the very end. And and I didn't feel for anyone else in the movie at all. Did you like I didn't? There was no heart in this movie. It was just a fun little bit guts. Dakota Johnson's character because more is just her sister was in a cult and she was trying to get her out. And then John Hamm's character when he was talking to his daughter on the phone. In the beginning. So what do you think John Hamm was there to investigate? Uh, he says that he was removing their recording devices when he found other ones. So I think the FBI was also just spying on people in this. And then he was the person just sent to retrieve their recording devices once whatever, like, whatever they were recording had already happened. And he was just there to pick up stuff. So that did tie in. Like this did this this movie had like really crazy things that happened like when she she hit him over the head like I said didn't see it coming mm-hmm. and then they flash back and they show us how it happened she took off her high heels she ran across silently well it didn't really like tell us like why like like I yeah. wanted more into her brain there and he even asked her how do you know why do you do it and she was just like I know someone's trying to play me yeah I was like I want to know such why. a not. Yeah, non-answer. I want to. I want like, if they're gonna use flashbacks, use flashbacks of her hearing a word he said or noticing like an accent slip, and then seeing him grab for the. You know what I mean? Like a hundred percent. I thought she was the weakest character though. 
the actress did a great job with what she was given. There's just was nothing to it. She was just a singer that happened to be there when all these criminals were there. Yeah. And you know what else felt flat, fell flat? The whole it was on the border that never really came up or played a part. No, it was just a gimmick. You could have set this in any hotel. Yeah, it was really weird. It was like, do you think I, I would bet they try to say symbolism like um, between like good and evil or something? Yeah. Or maybe like heaven and hell, uh, maybe like limbo. I, I, I don't know. It was really weird. I, yeah, I, I thought maybe it would come up with the priest stuff that because he buried it on one side of the line, it wasn't a federal crime, so he'd gotten less time. Yeah, interesting. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's why they chose the hotel to bury it because it was on the other side of the line. That's a good point, but that still doesn't really do much. And it's not in the movie at all. That's just me trying to figure out yeah. if that's why. I, li- I like that. This did feel like a Tarantino ripoff. Yeah, that was my biggest thing, especially with the title cards. It just felt like somebody watched a bunch of Tarantino movies and was like, I like that. I'm going to mimic it. Yeah, and then and then there was also, is, is Tarantino, and then Tarantino's making Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is about Marilyn Man or Charlie Manson. What's his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Charlie Manson. Charlie uh, Manson, that- right? It's a cult leader, just like this. And then there's a tape of a sex tape of uh, Shannon Tate. I think in this one, it's supposed to be um, Bobby Kennedy. Oh, okay. Because they they only talk about the senator who's in it. Yeah. Makes sense. But I'm saying like there's definitely they're pulling from Manson and the Shannon Tate sex tape and stuff, which Tarantino is making a movie about. So this feels yes. like he just tried to jump the gun on the Tarantino movie. But Which we have know no the idea Tar- the timelines. True. But I feel like the Tarantino movie, despite how little we know about it, we know it's going to be better than this. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I really like this. Like 30 minutes in, I'm telling you, when, when he goes to the phone booth and we find out he's FBI and I'm like, oh, shit, there's a lot going on here. And then that was it. Like that was the lot going on. If they if they would have left out the month the 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 somehow they needed to stay within the hotel and with those like five characters I didn't like the cult stuff when they went to the cult the campfire scene I had a thought out loud in my brain and I said oh no they've lost me like I am not interested in this see I I thought all that was interesting it just didn't gel with the rest of the movie it felt like two separate movies that someone had two scripts and tried to find a way to make them work together yeah. Rose and uh, the hippie Emily being sisters. There was like there's like good little twists all along the way. Which yeah, I mean that's straight up Charlie Manson. They even show them murder murdering celebrities like the Charlie Manson murders. So do so we think? Do we think who's running this hotel? The FBI was not running it. They were. But maybe they were, and John Hamm just had no idea because if they had a tape, if they if they're say? taping senators, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that that that's something I, the FBI might want to be doing. I think the FBI they weren't the owners, but they were obviously taping the people there because that's what John John Hamm was for. I think the owners, quote unquote, were Nixon because this was during the Nixon presidency, 
and it would make sense someone that paranoid trying to like get tape on other senators and things like that. I didn't piece that together. They showed Nixon on the screen. I didn't like Watergate and the recordings. I didn't yeah. mad at myself for missing that. But the another scene I thought was pretty well done. All the singing, all the music was well done, well done. When she's singing and Jeff Bridges is digging beneath the floorboards and Dakota Johnson is, is that her name? Is walking yeah. behind the mirrors. I thought that mm-hmm. scene was pretty cool. Just like, uh, just like as an aside, as one piece of like a filmmaking, like that scene as a standalone scene was well done and fun and kind of interesting and cool. Yeah, I think this movie was just a lot of really good vignettes that didn't tie together as well as, as well as they should have. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, My next note is yeah, fuck Manson in this fight <laughs> scene. Um, I thought Dakota Johnson was actually pretty good in this. I've only seen clips of her and other things because she's in those Fifty Shades movies, and then she was in some comedy with Rebel Wilson that I liked, but it was like a rom-com type comedy. I liked her in this as well. Um, Oh, when Billy Lee, the cult leader, when they play Deep Purple and he's dancing across, like I, I I was all the way out. I think I really just didn't like his character. Oh, I love that. I was like, all right, he's like certifiably insane. This is hilarious. Yeah, not for me. Uh, I don't know. What else? The swinging on the chandelier was kind of stupid. Yeah. But I, I thought the acting was really good when the hotel kid was like, I don't know your names. Let me go. And the Rose was like, my name is Rose. Rose Sullivan. And it's my sister Emily. My sister. Yeah. And then the look on his face when he realized, like, she just signed his death warrant, like, you know, by saying that, I thought, like, I was like, oh, that was good acting by him right there. Mm-hmm. But. I, I also wish they would have shown when the cult leader showed up and actually, uh, like, took control of the situation because it shows him walking up and then it shows them grabbing the priest and the singer and then suddenly everyone's tied to the chairs, like. Dakota Johnson's character had a few minutes warning and had a gun. She could have shot him like trying to come in. It's a good point. I like the transition of her watching her sister and be sad about her sister falling for a cult. And then it cuts to her being sad, like tied to a chair, you know, but you're right. How'd they get, how'd they do that so easily? Yeah. So I thought stylized. It was pretty well. The songs were done pretty well. And there were some good individual scenes and there were some good twists, but all the twists took place in the first half of the movie. And well, that, and the, the bellhop twist at the end. Where that he was in the war? Yeah. Yes, but the rest were all in the first half. I agree, yeah. I like the it, background it, of Jeff Bridges' character. Do you think Nick Offerman was wasted in this movie? Why? You think he just sounded wasted? No, no, no. I meant like wasted as an actor. Oh, yeah, because I, he was the brother, he, right? Yeah, he, he was in that very first scene and then briefly in the flashback. Yeah, I bet they had more scenes and they had to cut it. Yeah. Because you, you don't cast someone that well-known for such a bit role. Yeah, and it's, unless it's a well-known actor that like Nick Offerman would love to work with in any capacity, but not this. Yeah. I said, man, there's, this could have been a really cool movie. Uh, the writing just fell flat. Like the all, the entire premise and the setup was f- cool and fun. The characters were decent. I agree. The singer was kind of weak, but she had a cool voice. Um, the backstory were pretty good, but they just didn't intertwine it well. Like 
in the end, it should have been some crazy t- big twist at the end. But instead, we got a 30-minute interrogation scene that really dragged out. Yeah, I, I know we keep harping on it, but that was my biggest feeling walking out of the theater was disappointed in how it was just so close to being great and never got there. It had all the right pieces. It just didn't use them. Yeah. We have anything else to add? Uh, let me look at my notes. No, that, that was it. You want to go into ratings and reviews? Yeah, let's do it. What do you want to start with, critical or popcorn? Let's do popcorn first. And uh, I'll go, I'm going to give this, so for people listening, popcorn is entertainment value and rewatchability. And I'm actually going to give it a four, which may seem high after we talked about some of the things. But I, I was very entertained halfway through. And I think knowing the ending, I would watch it again for some of the fun scenes. And then mm-hmm. I know not to get my hopes up for something really good. I'm going to go four. I still think it was like an entertaining movie. Okay. I I wrote down three ahead of time, uh, but that's that's a really good point. Maybe I would enjoy it more now knowing what to expect. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, I'm going to stick with three, though, because the first half or two-thirds, it was flying by, and I loved it. And then the last 30 minutes, I kept like looking at my watch, trying to figure out when I could leave. Yeah, I had to pee really bad because I chugged a bottle of water before I went in. And then when, when she hit him over the head with the <coughs> bottle, I canceled mm-hmm. my piss break. I was like, whoa, can't pee. <laughs> and then when they did the campfire scene, I was like, okay, I'm going to go pee real quick. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's not worth it. I thought the timeline thing, how they revealed the shooting, how they were behind the glass because Jeff Bridges – had the story as a priest, you know, he was confessing and then how the singer was behind the car and she saw it from the front. They saw it from the back. So every character saw this happen and they played with the timelines to let you know. I thought that was really well done, but like, again, then that's the the only time they used it though. They they needed to do that more often throughout the movie. I was waiting for more twists and reveals, but the end was just a hostage interrogation scene by a character. I didn't care about. Because he wasn't in the first half of the movie. It's a very weird technique of of writing a a story. Yeah. Uh, What are you giving this critically? Uh, 72. Um, There's a lot of good things about it. But overall, the writing is just, there's just, it's just, there's not a lot of heart. And it it fizzled out. But I think, I think the performances were really well done. I thought the concept is fun, even though it's not the most original. Um. Yeah, seventy-two. That's where I landed. Sweet. Yeah, I have a seventy-eight for pretty much everything we've said throughout this whole podcast. Uh, I'm not going to harp on it too much more. Still a fun movie. The act acting's good. I, if you have some free time and you don't want to see A Star Is Born Again or Venom or Mid Nineties, which comes out this weekend, go see this. It's a good way to kill a couple hours if you have the right expectations. Yep. So that averages out to a 75, which I think that's perfect. perfect for yeah. this. That sounds what are you going to drink with it if you do watch it again? Ooh, not water. Or I can drink water because <laughs> the pee breaks were fine. Uh, <laughs> what were they drinking? He was just drinking like, like scotch. I'm going to drink the glass of alcohol that he was about to give the singer so I can get knocked out by the interrogation scene comes. 
that uh, that's a hot toddy, and that's what I had too. Oh, there you go. Uh, question for you that I'm going to start adding to the podcast for our boy Sheehan. Do you think this movie would have been better with Ben Affleck in it? I think Ben Affleck could have played John Hamm's part better. I thought John Hamm felt off in this role. Really? I liked him in it. Um, I thought Ben Affleck could have been cool as like a deranged cult leader. Yeah, he could play a hateable character pretty well. Uh, yeah, do I think I just watched too much Mad Men to to, to take hear, him as... to hear John Hamm play that like kind of abrupt, like mm-hmm. loud, talkative character? It's just so different than what you've seen hours and hours of him as. Yeah, but that's fair. That's fine. Also, like, why was no one else already at the hotel? Yeah, they they made it seem like it was a deserted thing when they first showed up, which I guess it was. But then five people happened to walk in at the exact same time. So I'm saying, like, it was it was yeah, it was too much coincidences and stuff like that. It's a cool story, but not like a good movie because you need more heart and a little more less plot holes and consistency it, of. It almost feels like, like you were saying earlier, a story somebody would say at the bar or something, and then they add a little bit, like, exaggeration to make it better. Like, oh, yeah, and all five showed up at the exact same time to this deserted hotel. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that about ends the review. This is a quick episode with just the two of us. But we got everything I wanted to say out. Um, We probably could have made it a little shorter, too. I'm sick of looking up <laughs> movies, and every time it's two hours or longer. That's the Oscar hype. Not that this is an Oscar hype film, but it's this season. All the movies are longer, like slower movies. I know, but that's like too long. This movie shouldn't have been this long. I agree. You could have shaved 30 minutes off. Two hours and 20 minutes for, for like this. Is, but that's Tarantino, man. He likes long movies, too. Yeah. Drew Goddard just really wanted to be tarantino apparently good his last him. film though cabin in the woods that was good was it i like that yeah it makes fun of horror tropes oh nice you probably like it it's just like so over the top then mocking everything in horror films that's funny all right thank you guys for listening if you uh have seen other movies in your life maybe we've reviewed them and you want to go check that out if you like listening to hollywood headlines and the stories and the local gossip every thursday we put out our headliners episode every friday <laughs> Every, every Thursday we record, we record it. Th- yeah. I post it every Thursday, but I schedule it to release on Friday. Which would Unless ex- we accidentally record early and yeah. then you release Thursday. Which would explain my confusion. So every Friday we do headliners. Every Monday we do review a movie. If you've seen a movie that you want us to review, let us know. Uh, do we have next movie planned? I believe next week we are going to do a Netflix film. Either The Outlaw King or Apostle. We're thinking Apostle because it'll come out around Halloween. I really want to see Outlaw King. Yeah, maybe we'll do both. They're both on Netflix. We can just do like 15 minutes each. Outlaw King's with Charlie Hunnam, right? Uh, no, it's with Chris Pine. It's the Netflix one that's set around oh, the Braveheart. Time of Braveheart. Braveheart, yeah. yeah. The, the, uh, the Charlie Hunnam one I was talking about was like when they're prisoners and they escape from the island. Oh, is that out? I don't know. That's what, a remake. Well, that looks really good, too. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sounds good. All right, see you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you all Friday.